0: Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm finishing off what I started like two weeks ago, which is the mock draft. So last time I did one of these episodes, it was probably like actually two weeks ago. Like it was it was a decent bit, but I did picks one through eighteen. That gets us through picks six. 16 and 18 for the Thunder, but we cannot forget about the two really valuable picks they have in the second round at 34 and 36. So I said I was going to finish it off, go from picks 19 to 36 at one point, and this is going to be that episode. So if you have not listened to the in-depth video where I talked about 1 through 18, it's going to be there. You just got to scroll about two weeks behind, but I'm going to keep you guys up to date if you just don't remember or you have not listened to that episode To so to start things out you had Cade going to the Pistons Jalen Green going to the Houston Rockets and that kind of turns into that ripple effect where Evan Mobley was next off the board to the Houston Rockets and at number four Jalen Suggs went to the Raptors so five and six that's the Barnes Kuminga switch up I had Barnes going to the Magic that means Kuminga followed to the thunder at six and then you had mitchell going to the warriors book knight going to the orlando magic at nine you had the sacramento kings taking a swing at small forward jalen johnson and then at 10 the pelicans wanted to bolster up their shooting with gonzaga's Corey kispert at 11 you saw a big go off the board in kai jones right after that another big man uzman garuba from the Euro League. And then at 13, Josh Giddy, after falling a little bit, got snagged by the Indiana Pacers. And at 14, you had Franz Wagner going to the Warriors. At 15, Moses Moody went from Arkansas. And that's kind of a player that Thunder fans are intrigued by. Uh, so that might have been seen as kind of a. A little bit of a miss there because obviously you would have wanted to see him fall to your pick at 16 and then there was this little discussion where there was keon johnson and there's also al prince and goon too and what i said i had keon johnson going to the thunder at 16 the mindset being if the memphis grizzlies had a shot at keon johnson i don't see in what world they pass on that opportunity because they need a shooting guard um I, I at least that's what I feel like they have Grayson Allen they have Desmond Bain but that's kind of where they need to work towards a little bit because if you look at their front court they already have Jaron Jackson they have Jonas Valanciunas they have Brandon Clark and they also have Xavier Tillman that they got in the past couple of drafts so I don't think they need a power forward or a center and my mindset was if you take Keon At 16, you're not going to see them take Sengun at 17, but they did that. That's what the Grizzlies love to do. They like taking the guys that the media is all over. They love going for the intriguing prospects. That's why they got Brandon Clark. That's why they got Xavier Tillman. I think they might have traded up for him. And I think they also traded up to get Desmond Bain at 30 last year. So they know what they like. If they see a lot of value in somebody and they feel like they wouldn't find that guy, you know, elsewhere, they're going to snag him. I think they would take him almost as a safety blanket because he kind of has a similar play style to Jonas Valanciunas uh, currently. So at 18, that's where I had the Thunder collecting a center and I had them picking up Isaiah Jackson. And the steam for Jackson has kind of slowed down. Like when I recorded this, it was almost a done deal. Like there was promises from the Thunder to this guy. I haven't heard that anywhere and that's kind of just the draft in a nutshell like there's new news coming in every single day and if you want to just look to recent times the thunder now they look like they're not even interested in kuminga instead they want scotty barnes or james book Knight, which that's just a report i think from kevin o'connor i'll talk about that probably in a later podcast but just stuff like that, and then you got like the Rockets between Suggs or Green, just so much different stuff is going through the mix, so times have changed since I made these first 18, I think it does hold up fairly well though, so I'm not all that upset with it, but um, just to keep you up to par with what the Thunder were doing, like I said, you had Jonathan Kuminga at 6, at 16, you got Keon Johnson out of Tennessee, and you got your first center on the roster, in Isaiah Jackson. So that brings us to the new picks, and it starts with the New York Knicks on the clock. And when I look at the New York Knicks, I really like what they've been doing. I mean, they've transformed their roster from pretty much a wasteland to a team that actually has a decent bit of valuable prospects on their roster right now. They got Derrick Rose pretty much for nothing midseason, and he was looking very good for them. Julius Randle, he went from you know, being a decent producer with the Pelicans to now he makes that jump over to the Knicks and he's an easy all star pick. And Tom Thibodeau even won coach of the year for what he did. I think Williams kind of might have got slighted a bit on that one, but they've done a good job. And I think it really starts the draft uh, alongside with those transactions. But just look at this. I mean, they got Mitchell Robinson probably three, maybe four years ago, now at pick 35. Uh, it might have been 36 but it was second round they scoop up mitchell robinson he's done amazing for them and then you turn around and just as of recent they got emmanuel quickly out of the draft through a trade and i mean as we all know that was a very good gig by them they have a couple misses like a kevin knox per se but i'd say for the most part they've kind of turned the corner on just drafting bust after bust and I think at pick 19 even if you don't get a prospect that is going to be day one amazing for you you might as well swing for the fences because that is where they are currently at and they're going to go for the highest upside player remaining on the board Zaire Williams out of Stanford and I mentioned him at 18 for the Thunder last time but I just went by need, and they clearly need a center. But Zaire Williams, you cannot go wrong with him right now because he is a low-floor, high, high high-ceiling prospect. Uh, And I think the Knicks, I mean, they're not going to have Kevin Knox beyond like the next two seasons. They hardly even play the guy. I don't really think they want to bring R.J. Barrett to a full-time small forward position. So they need to find someone to plug in at the three. I think Zaire Williams is a guy out of the draft that you want to scoop up. Free agencies they're obviously their best shot at getting prospects, but I think draft-wise he fits what you need and gives you the potential for uh kind of years and years. You can kind of create some maybe duo pairing uh with RJ Barrett, I guess at that 2 and 3. But he is really really athletic. He can sky up especially in transition, but he's also extremely shifty at his size. And he's 6 foot 8. I think his wingspan is 6 foot 10 but yeah, I mean, the dribbling is really reminiscent of a point forward, and when he tries penetrating to the basket, he can absorb contact, or he can just straight up go and elevate for dunks. Now, the thing with Williams, and the reason he's not a lock for a lottery pick, is because the three-point shot simply is not ingrained in him yet, and I could see Zaire Williams be just a secret sore on inside mock boards, because... When you look at him and a guy who I had, I think at pick nine to the Kings and Jalen Johnson, it's kind of this point forward type. They can soar, but the shot has some questions on it. That's, that's what I have with Zaire and the shots that he was making in Stanford was flaky. Like he was inconsistent. I don't even know if he shot over 30% from downtown, but he could pull up, he could catch and shoot and he could go around screens. shots and it was just kind of bits and pieces throughout the season that were kind of spruced in there so yeah i i think that that's enough to kind of bet on it hopefully that shot works out for him because if it does he's going to be very efficient and for a pick at 19 that's an absolute steal so when they get off the board the next team you have at pick number 20 is the atlanta hawks and for them i mean they had a crazy season even though they didn't make it Obviously, to the finals, the run that they had, anyways, needs to be acknowledged. Trey Young was going out of his mind. John Collins, he went from a person who was seen as a clear trade deadline piece to now, maybe he might be worth the 100 mil he's been asking for desperately for like the past season. So they also got guys like Gallinari, Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter. He got injured, you know, before really even get any time in the playoffs and even cam reddish had a very good ending to his seasons so they have a lot to work off of i think though that they do need to find somebody to be kind of that steady backup as a point guard or a shooting guard they had lou williams so i guess that is one piece he did have that very solid playoff game but he's like 34 maybe even 35 i don't know how much you're gonna get out of him and i don't even know if he's gonna stay Um, for next season. So they need to get some sort of score in the draft. And I have them taking Jaden Springer. And when I look at Springer, this is a guy who also has the same sort of potential as Zaire Williams. When you ask people what they think the biggest steal in the draft is going to be, Springer's up there. And it's because he's six foot four, He's a combo guard, so he can play the one or the two, and he's a defensive mastermind. He can lock up at either position. He's very active when it comes to poking the ball loose, and even in spurts guarding forwards, he was able to lock them up and kind of force them into bad layups. So I like him defensively as a prospect, but also on the offensive end, he is very athletic. I will say, though, I don't know exactly about this shot and that's where maybe you say do the Atlanta Hawks need to take a swing at a guy like this and I still think the answer is yes I think you can try to work on a shot but as a shot creator he's still iffy I think as a ball handler he's got a decent handle but he'll kind of force himself into pull-up jumpers where no one's going to be able to hit those types of shots so he kind of chucks uh, and they're just not dropping high enough. He's pretty young. I think he's either 18 or 19 years old. He's kind of just like a high school senior damn near. So he has a lot of room to develop, especially as a shooter. Defensively, though, he's going to fit right into an NBA system. As a finisher, he's going to fit right in. I think that's a guy that you can play off the bench, and because he's a combo guard, because he can defend, he kind of gets an edge over some of the other point guard prospects that might be on the table because you want to have guys that can still play in a lineup with someone like Trey Young. He needs to develop a shot. I don't think as a shot creator he will bloom. I think as a catch and shoot guy though, if you're able to get some sort of production like a 34% catch and shoot guy, you can plug him in with Trey Young and he can still be productive. So that's why I got Jaden Springer going at pick number 20. And at pick number 21, you got another familiar name in the New York Knicks. They started off with Zaire Williams, and they're going to pick up another high-ceiling guy in Nishan Bones Highland. I've raved about him. I know in my Combine episode, I pretty much centered a lot of attention onto his play because he had one, literally just one game where he goes out there, tees off like 20 some odd points but he was controlling everything from the get-go. He has a beautiful step-back shot, when he drives in, he's very good. He sees pretty much the whole floor when he's evaluating a drive and dish. So if someone's open in the corner, he's going to be able to see that. If he sees a roll man under the rim, he's going to hit him and he even has a decent floater in his bag and he can go up for um, you know, some mid-air passes if need be. So he's good at making those sorts of adjustments. That shot though is really what gives him the first round talent the step back going into his jumper is extremely fluid i don't think there's a ton of guys in this draft class where i look at their step back and think this is at an elite level i think jalen green far in a way has the best step back in this class but nishan bones highland is a shot creator off the step back it covers a lot of ground it gives him the space and his release is hierarchy enough and the apex is high enough to where I don't think he really gets phased that much so he didn't get a lot of run with VCU because they did have no March Madness they had um, some sort of protocols beforehand but he's done a nice job kind of rejuvenating his stock he's kind of seen as a late late first to an early second like you only think of him starting maybe 25 or 26 I think at 21 though it's still a very good selection and when I look at the Knicks I do think they still want to go after really good scores, And Emmanuel Quickly is someone who's really oftentimes compared to Nishon Bones Highland because Emmanuel Quickly, he is a straight-up shot creator. He'll go out there and get you a lot of points in a very short period of time. I think Bones Highland can do that at the guard position. He can handle, and he's very good at passing the basketball around. So maybe you'd want to make that pairing at the 1-2 and two with them at times. I don't know. You'd probably want to start Bones Highland off the bench currently, but he might be able to prosper a little bit. When you look at what the Knicks currently have at the guard position, point guard, you got Derrick Rose, and then you kind of fall off this cliff where you got like Frank Nilakina and just a lot of other guards who really can't shoot the ball that well, and they need a shooter. Emmanuel Quickly, he's played time at the point guard doing that. I think Bones Highland is more of that true one, but he also just like quickly it's like six foot four six foot five so he could switch between the one and two if push really comes to shove so they got two really good value picks early on and at number 22 you have the los Angeles lakers and this is one of these picks where i don't even know if they should hold on to this i think there there's a lot of playoff contending teams who they might just better shape up for next year they might just want to go in the business of trading out a ton of assets and this is probably their golden asset right here they got kuzma obviously if that's um if that's really that worth it i know they got Taylen horton tucker he might be in free agency now so that might have to be a sign and train they might just want him regardless but um with this pick they do get a guard in chris duarte out of oregon and he's probably the most NBA ready player remaining in this draft class. He's 24 years old, which I think out of draftable players, he's probably the oldest. I don't know any other 24 year olds in this class. So it's clearly the best 24 year old. And what you get with him is a firecracker score off the bench. He shot over 43% from three in the NBA or in the NBA. What am I talking about with the Oregon Ducks? Uh, and he was kind of doing it with a little bit of everything. Dribble handoffs, he did a excellent job with those. Also just on catch and shoots, he could kind of hide in the background. You just gotta hit him. If he has a little bit of room, he'll take the shot and he made defenders pay a ton. He had a lot of development when it came to shooting over his four years with Oregon. I think in junior his junior season he shot forty percent, but then this big jump just came at forty-three. And he's also pretty good at shooting at the foul line so that's a good indicator when it comes to mid-range he does have a decent dribble pull up it's not like he's gonna be he's got like a quick first step and then he can just do a quick stop to get open uh but you know if you hit him up at the wing he can try to get an angle and he's able to get his shot off pretty reliably and even when it comes to attacking the basket he does have a sneaky ability of rising up so he is a three level scorer At 24, like I said, you're going to need to have that full package. But when you look at the Lakers' situation, their championship window is right now. They had a lot of disappointing injuries, which kind of derailed them, of course, because they got bounced in the first round. But if you get a guy like Duarte, it kind of reduces some blowback potentially over what you could see in this offseason because you do have uh, Wesley Matthews, you have Ben McElmore. I don't know if they're going to stick around. And you have Taylor Horton Tucker, too, which I would see being a backup shooting guard for you. He was playing minutes on and off, but he also does have some very good value on the market. And you have Contavious Caldwell Pope, who they signed for a three-year, like $40 million deal. I think he just finished his first season, so you still got two years left on him. It just kind of gives you a little bit of flexibility because I do think he can go in and generate some offense from the get-go and... You don't need to have these ball-dominant players when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Just find pieces who can work. And I think Chris Duarte, if they're not going to trade this pick, is where you want to go here. And there's not going to be any trades in this mock draft. Maybe in my final one, I'll do some sorts of trades. But right here, we're just going baseline. Whoever's on the list right now, that's who's going to be taking this pick. So that's who I have the Lakers going with. At 23 and 24... You get a back-to-back selection from the Houston Rockets. Don't want to see this, obviously. And there are still a lot of very good names left. This is a stacked draft class. And I have them at 23, going after Trey Murphy out of Virginia. Personally, I don't know if I'd be going for Trey Murphy here. I think he's 21 now. I put 20. I think he might be 21, but he's either 20 or 21. And... I don't think that's too bad, obviously. If you want an 18, 19-year-old, that's going to fit Houston's time a little bit better. But you can go after a guy like this who does have a pretty good palette. A lot of people within Houston's fan base, whether it's Twitter, whether it's blog sites, they are infatuated by this guy. And I love him too. And I think the fit does make some pretty good sense. He does have a high floor. And I don't know about the ceiling, but... He's definitely one of the better 3 and D players left in this draft. And just in general, he's one of the better guys. So he was shooting over 40% with Virginia. He's 6'9", which obviously means he's going to be playing at small forward, power forward. Hell, even shooting guard, he can play a little bit of defense. So that's the multi-positional defender element, which is just so heavily praised. And when you look at the Rockets, I mean, they love having three and d players you saw with robert covington i think they dished out two first round picks to get him maybe that was the blazers after the fact but they paid a lot of assets to get that guy and it didn't work out because you had the whole scenario the fallout but they love those kinds of players and when you already have some dominant players who i have them getting Jalen green I have them getting Kevin Porter Jr. Those guys are one; they want to have the ball. That's going to be like a magnet stuck onto them the whole time. So you just need people who can play kind of in the shadows. I think Trey Murphy is like that, and he is a killer when he's wide open on a catch and shoot. And defensively, since he can play so many different areas, you can't really go wrong with him. So it makes sense for the team. The only little asterisk is the age, but that's really not even that old for an NBA draft prospect next with the Rockets at 24 I have them taking JT Thor and this is a player who I really like I want the Thunder to take them uh, to take him at first I was thinking at 18 I don't even care you can take this guy I'm not sure about 18 I think after reevaluating things there's still a lot more value there if he's at 34 you take him there's no question about it but yeah he's a guy who is kind of rangy. As a draft prospect, and I think just like the Thunder are going after these boomer bust players, the Rockets will be doing that as well. And JT Thor, that fits the profile. He is a six foot nine, small forward slash power forward. He's that kind of either or. Um, But he has tools everywhere on the offensive end. He's very athletic in his pro day. He was doing like windmill dunks damn near from the free throw line. And his speed for his size is pretty ridiculous and his release, he wasn't shooting above 30% with Auburn, but his release is beautiful, I th- I like the motion of it, I think the mechanics of it are kind of just down every single time, kind of get- going to get the exact same shot from him, um, but also driving in, like I said, I do like what I see, the handle, I'm not going to say it's on the level of Zaire Williams or anything, he, he has A grasp there though I'd say if you look at him in a baseline power forward he's probably better than the average right now but he's still extremely raw to where he could just be a guy who never pans out but he has the ceiling where he can be very very effective for you and on the offensive end there's that potential defensively he has that package too because he is that tall the wingspan I forgot what it was it's I think it's like seven two or seven foot three it is really high up there for him and that means he's gonna be very good as a shot blocker but also he's a pretty slim guy so he can move around the floor and he can kind of close out extremely well and it doesn't have to necessarily be on a power forward it can be on a small forward probably even a shooting guard but we didn't see a ton of time with him there and in one-on-one scenarios he would kind of get cooked up on some of those step backs but I do think he has the seeds of a very good um nba player and at 24 you can't really be too upset so the rockets they get three home run picks i believe here and at 25 you have the los angeles clippers who we don't want to pick well this is their last pick in like five years where you don't have the thunder just dangling over them and controlling where they're selecting because they do have pick swaps scrunched in there sometimes they're not even gonna get their draft pick but they're not gonna have much freedom um when things kind of turn out in these next couple years maybe they implode and they got a lot more draft picks but right now i don't know if i'd go there but this is going to be a very crucial pick for them where they need to address need number one uh but they also need to get someone who they truthfully believe can fit into a potential rebuild scenario or they think can you know develop really really nicely because i don't think they go for a high floor low ceiling player maybe that makes sense if Kawhi was still around but with him gone pretty much for the entirety of next season you want to get someone who fills into the program still allows you to go for a playoff spot when you want to play the minutes and by next year when they're at full steam he's going to be an effective player and I think Isaiah Todd is who they go with here this is a player that I am in love with I love Isaiah Todd he's just like JT Thor where if he's in the second round the Thunder they need to take him. And I've seen a lot of mock drafts where they don't even have Isaiah Todd going off the board until the 40s. And even sometimes in the 50s, the ones where he's going in the 50s, they're not even reliable sources because that is a middle finger to Isaiah Todd. The 40s, it's passable. But for the most part, a lot of sources see him going in the 30s or 40s. They don't see him as a first round player. And Shams Sharania, He said that Isaiah Todd was actually canceling some workouts because he was working out for lottery teams. I don't know if he's a lottery guy. I think that he's probably going to surprise people regardless of draft position because I don't think there's a set spot for him like there is for other targets. He can be anywhere from 20 to 40, and logically, you couldn't really complain. I'd be complaining. I think he is a top 30 player in this class. He's easily a first round grade from me. Um, So I think 25 does make sense for Isaiah Todd. Being greedy though, I want to see him in a Thunder jersey. So they get him in here. This is a pick where it addresses kind of their needs. Like I said, he's 19, so there is potential. He has a lot of offense in him, but he's also a guy who can kind of be a safety blanket for them because they have Serge Ibaka He is going to be on a player option, so he gets to pick if he wants to even return for next season. The only power forward they have locked up that matters is Marcus Morris, and he's locked on for a couple more seasons. Daniel Turu, do I even count him? I don't know. But yeah, they don't have a backup power forward if Serge really leaves. And Isaiah Todd, he can play at the four. I don't know if I want to say he can play at the five reliably, but he could probably go spurts at the five anyways he's a player who I really like as a stretch for that's kind of what you get with Morris it's kind of want to get what you get with Serge Ibaka as well but in the pick and roll he is a Swiss army knife because he's going to be able to roll to the basket for you he's not a crazy athlete so you're not going to give him the basketball and he'll just spring up for a dunk but he can get up there regardless he'll finish it off if he's open on a roll but also he can go for a pick and pop and he's pretty damn efficient he was shooting in the upper 30 percent with the ignite last season on a decent clip of threes so i think he translates as a shooter it's gonna have to be catch and shoot like i don't think he's gonna be pulling up or doing anything crazy but that's not what you need with him he's gonna do all the little things for you and even in the post he showed a very good mid-range game and just straight up back and up back and down players so that's why I like him there's a couple games where he was the reason the Ignite were in the game not Jalen Green not Jonathan Kuminga so I think he hasn't gotten a lot of the spotlight he's probably going to get more traction as we continue to near uh, the eventual draft day which I believe is on the 29th but yeah I think he's great at the pick he fills what the LA Clippers need and they got a lot of different things they got to work on potentially a point guard if Jackson wants to walk away But yeah, I think Isaiah Todd is a pick, at least for me. At 26, you have the Denver Nuggets, and they always seem to find themselves in the same exact situation where they're on the clock with a lot of value. And they're going to be in the back of the first round. They're taking the person that they just look at value. They're taking them. They took RJ Hampton last year. He was a pivotal part of the Aaron Gordon trade. And I don't know if that worked out for them. You know, you kind of make up whatever the case is. But RJ Hampton, they got him like pick 24 or pick 25. And yeah, you're able to turn around, maybe attach one first round pick. And then they got Aaron Gordon out of it, which was at the time uh, a pretty decent idea. You get a power forward veteran who is able to elevate you for the playoffs. And yeah, he was one of the main pieces there. And now the Magic, look at him as one of the parts of their core so when they see guys that they believe have kind of just gone unnoticed or they've fallen off the board they're gonna snatch them they traded for bull bull as well and i guess two years ago maybe i don't even know i'm losing track of time here but yeah two years ago they ended up picking him up with his little cobweb suit on i think they're gonna dust the cobwebs off of trey man out of florida and this is someone that i could see going to the thunder as early as 16 because he does have the traits of a lottery player he has a very quick handle he's six foot five and the step back three is deadly for him he shot 40 percent from distance and he did it with relative ease so i think he projects well especially as a bench player um but yeah I mean he went from playing freshman year with Florida barely getting time off the bench to being like one of the leading scorers probably the leading scorer for his team on a very efficient um stat line so I think this is a no-brainer for the Nuggets especially when you take into account Jamal Murray's injury I don't know how much of the season Murray will be out for definitely some of it but he kind of plays similar to Murray where the three you know a lot of the times coming off the dribble is going to be big for him and even driving inside he does have vision so i think that's just the the clear-cut pick for the denver nuggets at 27 you're going to get a steal um with trey man especially right there and at 27 i guess i said 27 with trey man that was 26 27 you're going to end up finding the brooklyn nets and this is another team. I don't think there's any reason they should be taking a pick here. They need to trade 27, maybe attach something else, and get a veteran because they are not looking to just be going on projects. They need the win-now players. But this situation, you don't get to do that. You're making the pick, and I think they're going to take, if they got the opportunity, Ayo Desumu out of Illinois. And this is the safety blanket for Spencer Dinwiddie. If he walks away, which... I, he always is just kind of one of those players where he's almost hitting at it like there's always reports about Den being interested in this or that like free agency that's been on his mind for about two years now because he hasn't really touched the court in a little bit. but if he walks away, Desumu is gonna give you production off the bench and I had him between I had it between him or Sharif cooper here but Desumu is six foot five cooper six one. you're gonna need a combo guard and Desumu, is going to be able to do that. He's a very good playmaker as a defender. He can play the one or the two, which is the big part. The thing though is he's not shooting threes all that often and you need to have those types of players. They have Mike James, I think he was just on a 1-year deal, so they might want to bring him back. Mike James is able to score and he's pretty good passer too. But Desumu can give you that kick at either position. So that's why I got Desumu going to the Brooklyn Nets. At pick number 28, you have the Philadelphia 76ers. They have a lot to talk about, specifically with Ben Simmons. There's reports of him being in trade discussions again. We'll see what kind of shapes out with him. But at 28, they just need to be going for the highest floor. They're going to pick him up, and they're going to be effective off the bench. I got Kessler Edwards right here, and he's kind of just just like Trey Murphy almost where he's six foot this he's six foot eight uh Murphy six foot nine but he's kind of that same build and he's a 40 percent shooter from downtown he dropped below 40 in his last season um but before that he was shooting like 42 43 percent so he's going to be able to hit threes there's no doubt about that and they're really in need of a small forward power forward who is able to produce like that you got Tobias Harris but outside of tobias harris you know what are you really left with you're going to need someone you can develop kind of in that area where they're specifically crafted to be a shooter i think kessler edwards does that and defensively he is able to project as a guy who can guard small forward and power forward at the bare minimum and you even got other killers like matisse Thybul, who kind of can play anywhere so it gives you a lot of flexibility and rotations and Yeah, I mean, he's someone that you're going to be able to plop right in and he can produce. Might be able to play him at the three. I know Paul Reed's kind of up on the up and up. So you can put Paul Reed at the four, him at the three in some of those rotations. I think that'd be able to give you a pretty decent recipe there. So that's who I like with Edwards. Bit of a surprise for him going first round, but I definitely think what he provides is worthy of the 28th pick. At 29 though you have the Phoenix Suns, and hell, they probably don't even care about this pick right now, they need to win two games, they just dropped to the Bucks in game five, no Taco Bell again, because there's just no comebacks, but um, yeah, I mean, when they're going to the drawing board, they're going to need to go for almost damage control, because when you have all these guys in the playoffs, it's bound to happen, their stock is going to rise, I think Cameron Payne is sort of a player where he may find himself getting like a four to five million dollar contract like the past two seasons with the Suns, he has been making like bare minimum like he over the past two years i think he's made like 2.1 mil so it's not like he's been getting a ton and he's going to be able to hit free agency at 27 that's kind of those peak years and his stock hasn't been any higher he's looked like a guy before playing for the Suns, it didn't look like he was going to make the NBA again. Clawed his way back, and he's been a productive piece off the bench. So I'd assume some some team other than the Suns would throw him an offer. Maybe the money is pretty decent, and he'd want to walk away. If that's the case, uh, the Suns probably need to go a different route. And maybe regardless, they don't see Cameron Payne as the long time guy uh at point guard and chris paul's pretty old too so they're gonna need point guards anyways so i actually have them going to sharif cooper anyways because yeah he's not amazing as a scorer uh, especially from the perimeter but he is very good elsewhere if you look at his highlights this is a guy who he would be shocked that he'd um he'd be there at almost the very end of the first round i mean this guy's lightning quick i mean when i look at someone from last year maybe Kira Lewis Jr. For the pelicans that might be someone you might want to point towards but yeah from a speed perspective he is lightning fast he can do it in transition and the half court he's pretty solid i don't know about the first step um but once he's got that open lane he's very difficult to stop he's not going to elevate for any sort of like posterizers but the layups are pretty damn solid but the best part about him is when he's driving he's able to find the open target anywhere on the floor so that's a very good you know passer and the way the suns have been built they almost have perimeter shooting everywhere so to have a point guard who maybe isn't the most proficient in that area it's all right I think the blowback is kind of reduced a little bit because of who you're surrounded with and yeah I mean the passing it's not just kicking it out to shooters if he sees someone down the floor he's gonna hit you on a dime for some shots and yeah, I mean, he is able to quickly stop on shots. If he does get that shot really down pat, he's going to be very scary. He has one of the higher potentials in this draft class. And I think at pick 29, you really can't go wrong here. He fits the bill for what you need. And the ceiling is really hard to replicate in any sort of draft um, for, for this pick. But to wrap things up at pick number 30, you have the Utah Jazz. And I guess... How it works is I think the NBA champion always gets 30, but maybe I'm tripping out on that. Utah Jazz, they're at 30, though, right now, and they also are in kind of in need of a point guard, so Sharif Cooper going off the board is probably a heartbreaker for them, but they still have Jared Butler out of Baylor here, and he finally got medically cleared. At first, it was, you know, he was ruled out of even playing in the NBA. Now he's good to go, and he's a player who... Should be able to patch right in in a bench roll. He's got a high floor already. I think he's only 20 years old, so he's relatively young too, but you can't just see this guy slip out of the first round. He has a lot of talent. He can score from all three levels. The dribble handoff was a marquee part of his game. He could dribble off the catch, or off the catch Um he could score, and then off the dribble. Obviously, he could score for pull-ups and all that, but he's good at passing, and particularly... As a jump passer, he he had a lot of plays with Baylor doing that. And as a finisher, he loved going after contact. And he got to the rim uh, for some fouls a lot. So he's very gritty in Baylor's system. I mean, they had like three extremely good guards. And he was going out for like 20-plus outings all the time with this team. So I think he's going to be an effective scorer uh, in a bench roll. But also defensively, you know, he's pretty decent. Uh, I think Baylor's overall just being so damn good defensively, it made him look amazing. Um, So I'm going to say he'll probably be fine in that area. He's going to be a person that should be able to play 10-15 minutes as a guard immediately and he might be able to work his way up the ranks as you progress through this season the only thing with him though is he's not going to be soaring up for any sort of dunks he's not crazy athletic but he does like going after contact anyways so that wraps up the first round and the second round that's going to be started off with the Milwaukee Bucks and this was a toss-up here because I don't know if Milwaukee would want to go for just an immediate plug and play person or one of those multiple prospects and i think kessler edwards would have been an amazing fit for them at 31 got taken just three picks before by the 76ers but they're gonna go after one of the more project pieces but he does have upside as a shooter in greg brown and he wasn't amazing in the combine to be quite honest with you i didn't love him there were a lot of plays where he just wasn't going back in transition and stuff like that. But he's a very good hustler. He can get rebounds. Uh as an athlete, I mean he can soar up for, for some dunks. So as an alley oop threat, he's gonna pair perfectly with what they already have in Milwaukee. But also, he's pretty fast for a power forward. I think he's six foot nine. It might be even closer to six foot ten, but he's lengthy. He can kind of run through the floor pretty easily. The big deal, though, is if he's able to shoot. And I think for the Bucks, you're going to need shooters. When you look at who they have, Chris Middleton pretty much won them the game last night. But also Bobby Portis has come out of nowhere and just been this major core piece. I look at him, that ceiling, if he gets that shot, the ceiling is the Bobby Portis you're seeing right now where he can fly up. As a rim protector, he has done an excellent job. But if you see him wide open for a three, He'll be able to hit those. If he's a consistent catch and shoot player, this is going to be a great, great pick. But also, he could just be like a Perry Jones or something where you see him as a bench guy for a couple years, and he's done for. Maybe even to hit close to home, DJ Wilson, when they got him out of Michigan a couple seasons ago, he's on the Rockets. They kind of gave him away, and he was supposed to be kind of the same type of stretch four. So that's where I got Greg Brown going. It's a little bit higher Than what his projected value is, but Milwaukee they don't have a lot of playing. Um, they don't have a lot of power. I guess you could put it in this draft. So at 31, they're just gonna go after who they like, and I'm gonna say that is Greg Brown. At 32, you have the New York Knicks again, and they have another really good guy to take. This might be the the best outcome from this mock draft. They're gonna get Joshua Primo out of Alabama. So one through three, you're going to get a potential packed guy who is very good at their range. So they get Zaire, they get Nishan Bones Highland, and then they get um, then they get Joshua Primo. So Primo's the youngest guy in this draft class. He rose through the combine. He didn't really play all that much, but I guess his drills and all that uh, were enough to kind of sway scouts that He's almost worth a first-round pick. I've seen him as a first-round pick. He slides just outside of that to 32, but I don't think he's complaining because he didn't have an amazing season with Alabama. If he were to return to Alabama and had a disappointing season, I don't know if his value would be at 32. So this is kind of one of those things where I think leaving early might just end up being the best decision for him. So he's walking out of there. He might be i think he's 18 i think he turns 19 in december but he's six foot six and you look at him and you look at a potential shot creator because he was shooting off the catch but the main deal with him was the dribble pull up and since he's so lengthy he was going around screens just immediately popping shots and it's pretty hard to contest him so if he's able to solidify that part of his game he'll be good Also, as an athlete, he can go up for some dunks too. So you look at him as an offensive project for the future. So I think the New York Knicks take him and they don't even bat an eye. This is just a really good pick um, given where they are in the draft. But at 33, you have the Orlando Magic and they're still looking to just pile up on some projects because at five, they got Scottie Barnes at eight. They got James Book Knight. So at the two and the three, they got some pretty good guys. Um, but there still is a need for some front court help. And I bounced between a couple of players. The guy that I ended up landing on was Roko Prakin and I might have botched it just a little bit, but he is very good. As a stretch for he might be a draft and stash, but when you evaluate where he should be he probably does deserve that first round grade and some people don't even see him going early second i think the magic would be really attracted to this guy just pick up a project even if he does go overseas for a couple years i don't know if that's a guarantee with him if he would like to stay but he's a stretch four who also i mean he's playing in europe he's a good passer and he's got a pretty high iq of the game so you can't really go wrong with taking rocco at that selection but at 34 you have the okc thunder back on the board and this was the easiest selection of all time you're taking friends blindberg and that's it that's the end of the story we've seen how he's been talking on twitter clearly he loves the thunder i think that's just his personality like i think he loves every fan base he's not going to be upset wherever he lands but he has the connections with vit he was talking about how he really liked his workout with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's also a 6'11 point forward, pretty much, and he's kind of playing on the perimeter anyways, so he's going to be with a 6'8 Vic Crenci, and a 7-footer in Pokashevsky, that is a demon lineup for whatever, wherever you want to put them on the court, they can play whatever position that you so choose to do, but yeah, he's got a lot of potential, he's been flying up radars, and when I made this, there's kind of just those those things where you want to speak something into existence i put vrens at 34 i don't really know if he's going to stay there i think in my final mock draft he may be a first round selection and the thunder may not be able to get him just because i think with 13 workouts that he's done there's no way the thunder are the only people attracted to this guy and he said on down to dunk he was playing against first round talent on the court so the thunder they view him as a first round caliber prospect I'm assuming everyone else does, so he might be a done deal for the first round. We might take him at 16 or 18 for all I know, but if he's at 34 in this mock, they're going to be taking him. He is just like Poku in the sense where from distance, he shot 37.5% in his previous season uh, overseas, and he was taking a lot of jumpers, almost five threes a night for him when he was taking those, and he's very clean when he's wide open from distance. When he wants to drive in, he takes those super long strides, and he's able to make layups with either hand. Even though he's right-hand dominant, he can still scoop and score with the left, and as a passer, he can see right over the court, so he's able to make those jump passes, cross-court passes, just a little bit of everything. So I think that the value you get with Vrenz is really unparalleled. I think if you take him anywhere past 20, probably even before that, if the Thunder want to take him mid-first, it's whatever. But yeah, this is a steal. And I think the Magic secretly, they might prefer a guy like Vrenz, where he'll be playing right away as opposed to a potential draft and stash like Roko. But with the second to last pick on this mock, you have the New Orleans Pelicans. They took Corey Kispert with pick number 10. And I think they're still looking to improve the shooting. Uh, They need Zion to be surrounded by scorers. They got Brandon Ingram, obviously. Lonzo we don't know what's going on with him I don't have them taking a point guard though I have them taking a five and I got them taking Charles Bassey this is another potential pick he's uh he's I think he's 20 he might be 19 though but he's really damn young uh, but he's able to shoot the ball from distance and they need to have that stretch five even inside though he's shown a uh, pretty good presence and as a rebounder he's pretty decent as well so this is an offensive pick you just want to take a a little strike at and i think the pelicans are kind of in the mode right now where it makes sense for them to do that and take one of those project centers i don't know what the future holds with steven adams i'll tell you though he probably doesn't really fit with zion that well like we know with steven adams he's not shooting the basketball really outside of five feet I think inside of three is where he's comfortable taking shots even sometimes he doesn't want to take them so you can't have a passive player next to Zion like that I think Steven Adams might be dished out eventually Charles Bassey he's gonna compliment Zion where he can go out for the pick and pops he can just stand out and you can run some five out offense some straight up bully ball with Zion Williamson obviously he's not a day one guy you're playing with zion but you probably put him in the g league for a little bit elevate him to the nba midseason, and see what he can do playing off of the bench but you got the thunder at 36 this is the final really good pick for them they have pick 55 but this is their last pick where you are truthfully looking for the next big thing and i got them taking cam thomas out of LSU. It's another person where the range is anywhere. He's kind of a first rounder in my eyes. The way he's able to produce on offense, seeing him at 36 would be an absolute miracle. But he's fallen to 36 right here, and he is going to be that Frank Jackson, Jordan Clarkson type of player. They didn't even keep Frank Jackson last year when he was playing very good basketball. So maybe they wouldn't want a Cam Thomas, but you need to find some sort of option uh, at a guard spot. You have Keon Johnson that we ha- I had the Thunder taken at 16. But with Cam Thomas, it kind of gives you those potential avenues where a trade would make sense. You could make a trade with Ty Jerome or Teo. I don't know if you'd want to do that. Obviously, they're not off limits. So if there's a deal where you have to throw them in and the uh, return is just insane, you're going to do it. But Cam Thomas, he'd be able to help uh, kind of put a little bit of a resolution to that because he's able to be a very good three-level scorer. Now I don't think playmaking-wise he's going to be able to compete with Teo or Ty Jerome, but he is that Jordan Clarkson bench player that I don't think he's going to be playing the two with SGA. But off the bench, he makes sense to be running with. And hey, you got Vrenza at 34. What would a lineup where Ven- Vrenz is taking the ball up and you got Cam Thomas out there look like? I'd be very exciting to watch, but yeah uh when you look at him he's got a step back that's all you need to do to sell me it's very lame but he's got a step back but he can also charge in for the mid-range he loves going to the baseline for some of those middies also attacking the basket he does want to go in he's not gonna dunk on you um but he will try to go in for some contact and draw the fouls which you love that's exactly what jordan clarkson does and he was one of utah's most useful players in the playoffs it's kind of where i see him ceiling wise but he has a lot of talent and the value is absolutely ridiculous just like a jackson though and just like a jordan clarkson you're not going to see him going off for 20 points every single night you might find that one out of three maybe even four games and that's just the luck of the draw you get with a player like this you get him in the second round you're not going to be seeing him scoring 20 every single game but if he's somewhat consistent as a scorer in the nba this pick is is very good and when you look at what's remaining on this board i think it's a fair assessment that cam thomas might be the best left there is josh christopher who i expected when i originally concluded my draft to have somewhere in the 20s but not anymore he's kind of fallen off a little bit he still has a lot of talent though i think if you extend this four or five more picks josh christopher definitely is flying off of the board but there's always those sliders i got him being one of those and i got cam thomas being one of those thunder are not going to pass up on a guard like that at 55 the thunder do have a selection i think it could just be as simple as sell the pick off or just draft someone that you don't expect to come over just draft and stash and you only have five because let's be honest here they can't really afford to have six new draft picks on a already crammed roster where there's pretty cemented role players just everywhere in between you can't really cut them that wouldn't make too much sense so i don't know if they make the pick but we're gonna make it interesting i i'd say that if ej onu was there out of shawnee state you take him you put him in the g league and that's that you got moses brown out of there Omar Yurt 7 got scraped out to the Miami Heat. Take EJ Onu. You don't need to put him on a two way contract. You don't need to put him on an NBA contract, of course. Just put him on and get him on like an Exhibit 10, maybe, and just get him going with the OKC Blue. See if he can work his way up. Maybe even a two way contract would be worth it for him, but you never know. Those two ways are going to be extremely valuable, especially when the Thunder are actively in a rebuild right now but the recap for this mock draft i had jonathan kuminga going at six keon johnson at 16 at 18 they got isaiah jackson Renz blindberg at 34 cam thomas at 36 and ej Onu. so they got two centers and jackson and Onu. only expecting jackson to really be suiting up in a thunder jersey when it comes to forwards they get jonathan kuminga and then Vleinberg, if you want to put him there, he is kind of the height of a forward, so we're just going to put him in that category, and then they end up getting two more guards and Keon Johnson and Cam Thomas, so those are my six guys, I'm probably going to have a new mock draft right before draft day, where it's going to have a lot of the up-to-date information, but that's just what I had from 1 through 36, I could go from 37 to 60, but I don't think there'd be that many surprises. I'd probably say Austin Reeves is like a 50s draft pick, though. I think he kind of has a little bit of hype surrounding him. But that was my evaluation on the mock draft. Like I said, if you want to listen to the first half, because this was kind of a part one, part two, just separated by like 14 days, you guys can check that one out from a little bit ago. But I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.